the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. The Post Gazette knows. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to newspaper endorsements, although the Philadelphia Inquirer did endorse John Fetterman for the Senate. That was pretty funny. That was after the debate. After the debate, I should say, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, it would have been shocking for that rag to endorse any Republican, but the Post-Gazette has endorsed Dr. Oz. Now, it's obviously possible for people who work in their editorial department to be embarrassed. That's uh, something that maybe you didn't know before, and they couldn't bring themselves to support Fetterman. Uh, by the way, to their credit, they also endorsed Donald Trump in 2020. But, but here's what they said about Fetterman, quote, uh, his lack of transparency and refusing to release his medical records is troubling. It suggests an impulse to conceal and a mistrust of the people. All candidates for a major elected office should release their medical records, as did Mr. Oz. If you want privacy, don't run for public office, unquote. Now, this is probably going to annoy about 98% of the people who work for the Post-Gazette because 98% of the people who work for the Post-Gazette are liberals, uh, at least I'm talking about the people who write and report for the Post-Gazette. And you probably shouldn't count on this endorsement causing one person to vote for Oz who wasn't going to vote for him anyway. But at least it shows that Fetterman isn't fooling everybody in the media. He's really not feeling any, feeling, uh, fooling, I should say, anybody with a brain. He's not up to the job, and only someone who knows and doesn't care is going to vote for him only because he's a Democrat or only endorse him or support him or however uh, it's expressed in the media. Speaking of fooling everybody, how about this tweet from Rob Schneider, the former SNL cast member? Quote, I just heard that over 50 former intelligence officers signed a letter saying the Pelosi gay hammer attack rumors have all the hallmarks of a Russian gay hammer attack disinformation campaign, unquote. The story still stinks to high heaven. We're going to talk about that with Victoria Taft of PJ Media and West Coast Mest Coast after the break. And in our second half hour, we're going to talk about a study that shows something that you and I own could be contributing to the end of the human race. Stick around. Everyone is talking about John Fetterman's performance in the Senate debate. Just listen to the news. That was hard to watch. Voters, I think, saw things that will definitely change the state of this race. He struggled many times to complete sentences. He doesn't have a grasp on the issues. But if people watch that, you're, they're going to question his capacity to serve. What are real PA voters saying about Fetterman? I'm an independent, by the way. I was definitely leaning towards Fetterman, and I think I have totally changed to the Oz side. Well, I am a registered Democrat. It was kind of shocking to see um, Fetterman. Unfortunately for Fetterman, I don't think he's up to it. I think he should be at home recovering and not running for United States Senate. Watch for yourself at www.pasenatedebate.com. John Fetterman won't change Washington because he can't. American Crossroads paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.americancrossroads.org You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep on top of the special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets marked down as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with promo code STAG. 
Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for the radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it. And after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. Not as tired as she used to get. Gives her energy to do things around the house. I really appreciate it. I really like your product. I'm happy with it. You don't have to really think about it anymore. You've got it, and it's in your diet. It's regularity. Let's put it that way. It's very good. Because I don't always eat my vegetables and fruit, so I know I'm better with it. A little more energy and just feeling pretty good overall. Seems to work so far. No complaints. I feel something good. I can't point my finger on, but I feel good in general. So I do have a little bit more energy, you know, do stuff after work, whereas before I didn't really want to do stuff and just wanted to sit around. I think I have a little more energy. I'm older, disabled person, and I don't always eat properly. It's just feeling a little stronger that way. Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the more you hear about the, uh, the, uh, the Paul Pelosi episode, the more messed up it seems, so... Who better to talk to about that than Victoria Taft of PJ Media, who's in charge of a little feature out there called West Coast Mest Coast. She's also uh, has a podcast called The Adult in the Room. Uh, So, um, uh, Victoria, thanks for coming on again. Always good to have you here. 
It is always wonderful to be in Stagger World, John. Of course it is. So, <laughs> thanks. Uh, <laughs> do, do you do you believe the story any more today than you did yesterday? And you're allowed to say oh. yes. Do I believe it? Yeah. Um, do I believe that he was beaten? Yes, I believe he was beaten. Well, do you believe do what I we're believe hearing, he- yeah. Well, here's the thing that really spooks me about this story. All of a sudden, it became a federal case. And all of a sudden, the Attorney General discovered the provisions in the law under which people who are sort of adjacent to government officials are now covered under federal law. And I know that Nancy Pelosi has a very important job. Mm -hmm. Indeed, she does. But I wonder, however, that the same the same laws were not imposed on the people who, for example, went after U.S. Supreme Court justices and others, Mm -hmm. for example. I mean, you do have the constant barrage of rioting behavior against federal buildings in Portland and all along the West Coast, West Coast, as well as in Washington, D.C., some people have the book thrown at them. Others do not. Why do you suppose that is? Jeez, I don't know, uh, Victoria. <laughs> you're, you're out there uh, on the West Coast. Um, so, so, but here's the thing. First, they were both in their underwear. Then right. ju- just the wacko was in his underwear. And now I think nobody was in their underwear. I guess they were... No, 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 no. In the, the news conference yesterday, the, Paul Pelosi was in his underwear, but they were boxers. That's, come on! So, is that, they, they actually as if that makes a difference. As, I mean, <laughs> uh, she said so. The DA said so, and uh, she wanted to make sure that people didn't get the image of an 82-year-old Paul Pelosi in his whitey tighties or speedos. Or the tighty whiteies. Yeah. Speedos. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, you know, everything smells about this case. But 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 I thought um, so the because uh, I'd heard that. Uh, before, before, I guess the the last time I checked yesterday, I guess is what I'm trying to say is that neither one was in their underwear, um, and now they both were again. And he was in boxers. Did the, or, was, or was what what kind of underwear did the other guy have? My understanding. Now, see, my understanding it was that it was David DePape or however you yeah. pronounce his last name. No one seems to know at this point. Um, and, and he was in his underwear, his, his, his underwears, and then I did not know that Paul Pelosi was in his underwear. And then, of course, uh, you know, the rumors swelled, and yeah. all of a sudden, Paul Pelosi was in his underwear. And indeed, he was in his underwear. But they did not indicate if the attacker was in his underwear. And, of course, the guy was a bona fide enthusiast of nudism. Yeah. And so it would stand to reason that he'd be walking around in his underwear. Or yeah, and or less worse. Less than that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... Um, yeah. Uh, what what I'm, I guess I don't understand here is that the original report came out that the, that, I, I think that I think the original one was that they're both in their underwear. And then it was revised to Paul Pelosi was not in his underwear, and now we don't know whether uh, one, well, we now know, I guess it's been confirmed that Paul Pelosi was in his boxer shorts, but we don't know Correct. what the other guy was in. But the point is, how does this, um, how, how do all these facts come out and then disappear and come back in again? What are the media up to out there? Who came up? Somebody said underwear, and then somebody retracted the underwear thing. And now the underwear is back. So how's that, how does that happen in a story like this? Why would you even ask the question when you know the answer, John Steigerwald? You know the answer to this question. It is because they're part and parcel of the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And sure, they say they're reporters, but uh, let me just give you a small example of what happened at that new... by the DA and the chief of police. And there was a conversation, it was kind of interesting, it was a conversation after the so-called press conference uh, rounded up and got done, and uh, of course they took no questions, so... Oh, they didn't take any questions. ...played a role in the first one. And and you heard a reporter, Soto Voce, talking to their editor back at the station saying, hey, listen, we got information that this uh, this uh, David, what's his kisser, is 
some sort of nudist. He's one of the Castro nudists. Uh, do we want to run with that? Because I've got it on. I, I I've got a legit source on that. No. Oh, oh okay, that's cool. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> uh, okay, we won't mention yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're out there, and you you're uh, you're in amongst the media out there from time to time. Um, oh yeah. And so th- this wouldn't surprise you that the media uh, quickly was brought under control here and told what the story was going to be, and they and they well, went it, along with it. There has to be somebody out there who's not going to go along with the plan. Let me put it to you this way: Here's how it rolled out. They rolled out the story. We learned. What was it, Thursday, Friday morning, Thursday, something yeah. at night, something like that. And, you know, I'm forgetting that when it, when it all happened. But let me put it to you this way. The CNN had certain indications of what happened, and they talked about someone opening the door yeah. and, and letting them in, and then the police saw Paul Pelosi and this guy, which is to intimate that someone else answered the door. Indeed, at the first press conference with the chief of police, he indicated that, well, you know, someone answered the door. Well, we know who the players are, we think. Why is it that you're playing coy and rhetorical tricks with how you're saying who opened the door? This is to say someone else is there, possibly, and there might have been some sort of tryst going on. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Or it could have been just a weirdo breaking into the house. I, I really don't know. And why would he call him a friend on the 911 tape? Why would the dispatcher say, well, he called him a friend, and his name was David. He knew who the guy was. And I'm not sure they were besties or anything, and I'm probably far from it, but it did give you pause to know that Paul Pelosi indicated to the police when he was locked in a bathroom talking on a cell phone when he could not be overheard and could have locked himself in the bathroom and been safe, why is he calling him his friend? Why is he going into the bathroom to make the phone call and then coming back? Excuse me, I'll get back to the fight with the hammer. You ha- I, have to, I have to go to the, <laughs> go to the bathroom. D- don't go away. I'll be right back. And you go in and you make the call and you say, oh, geez, well, I did promise him I'd come back. So uh, you come out of the bathroom. You can hit me with the hammer again now. I'm back. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks thanks for waiting. Oh, you know what? You know what? The hammer incident, this is a very interesting part of the story as well. The hammer incident did not happen until the police officers were there to witness it. Right. I mean, what is, I mean, the guy's mentally ill, let's face it. You know, the the attacker clearly is. And, but what, I'm sorry, but don't you draw down on Mr. Attacker? Do you not deploy at least a taser or something to because you know someone is yeah. under attack? And what's the deal with this welfare check situation? I didn't hear that. What's, that it was a, oh, what's well, that? that was a welfare check. That's why Paul Pelosi and, and Paul Pelosi was I'm sure it was two thirty in the morning. Maybe he was a bit groggy or what have you. But Paul Pelosi has been known to well, you know, imbibe a little bit. And all of a sudden they they couldn't understand the RP, which is the reporting party, and they didn't understand. Uh, what he was saying, but they read between the lines, and gosh, you know, the dispatcher was just, had, she had done yeoman's work discerning and reading between the lines as to what was going on in the house, and she deserves extra special praise, and why? I called the cops yesterday, right? And so I said to the media person, I go, when, when do we get a hold of those, uh, the 911 tape? Because I really want to hear how crazy that dude was. Right. I want to know what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, oh, you know, we're, 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 not, we're, not, we're not in the cards at this point. So during the news conference yesterday, the, um, uh, the, the DA indicated that, well, you know, it's, as always, we wait until we have a court proceeding in, in which we reveal this information. And I'm thinking to myself, why is it that everybody is saying that we don't want any more details of the attack right. to come out because they're preserving what exactly? They have two police officers as a witness. They've got the guy dead to rights. I know I am a civil libertarian, and I understand that you want to preserve the rights of all accused people. Right. But for God's sake, you've got, the, you've got the entire Western world who knows that this guy did that. And they want to keep details of it to themselves. Indeed, the federal government and their 
indictment yesterday of this uh, this guy. They said, well, we're not revealing any more you know, details of this incident at this time. You know, when you start playing hide the ball, mm-hmm. it looks really, really hinky. It looks like you're trying to hide something, because you are. Well, and that is not going to pass the smell test. We gotta, we've got an election, John. We've got an election, John. We got it next Tuesday, one week from today. Is this another Hunter Biden situation in which, well, you know, this is just nonsense? No, they have got all kinds of information about this. And what are they hiding from us? Was was Paul Pelosi drunk in his room at two thirty in the morning? That is not a crime. No one's going to pass judgment on right. that for crying out loud. What it seems to me, though, is that there might have been some reason why the you know, glass breaking and all of this stuff. I don't pretend to know, you know, was the glass outside, was the glass inside, did it have certain kinds of uh, treatment so that it would uh, go outside and go inside at the same time? I don't know. I don't know any of that forensic stuff. But I do know this. They're hiding something. Why is that? Well, here's what I, my question is, um, if you want all the speculation to go away and you want to present this as respectably as you can, and you and if you have this information, you have a security camera that shows the guy breaking the window, or you have the audio of the phone call, or whatever you have. Aren't you saying, listen, put get this stuff out there? We have the pictures of this idiot breaking our window to get into my house. Put it up there. I want to, you know, that. Let's go. I don't want yep. anybody to think anything else. And so exactly. the fact that they're not showing that stuff tells me that it, it either. Well, it exists, and they don't want people to see it. Or, and, I, and I'm right. not—I can't believe for a minute that they don't have security cameras in a 8.4 million dollar house. I don't believe for a minute they don't either. I'm sure they do. And how you know it's amazing how those cops responded, isn't it? They responded in two minutes, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. Two minutes. Well, gee, that suggests to me that they were actually outside the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they were right there. Yeah, and, and indeed, here's another really interesting little thing that, I and mean, God bless this reporter for asking, and I apologize if we're going long, but here's the deal. So a reporter, a super smart reporter, asked during the news conference yesterday, uh, hey, chief of police, do you guys have a memo of understanding with the Capitol Police? Because remember, there was a big hoo-ha about the fact that Nancy Pelosi moved the Capitol Police to, uh, apparently, across the street from her, I'm, I'm joking, but nearby, yeah, right, yeah. to watch over her house. Okay, so all of a sudden, the Capitol Police is in charge of this investigation. Why? The San Francisco PD is there. Well, anyway, it came out that from the chief of police that, well, no, we don't have an MOU. We don't have that. And the, we work with the Capitol Police all the time. And, and basically what it means is they tell us where to go. Well, and Nancy Pelosi is in charge of the Capitol Police. She's the Capitol Police's boss. That's right. That's right. That's why I have a West Coast. They have a West Coast um, uh, branch. Yeah, yeah. Hey. She moved it, and I'm sure it cost millions of dollars to do that. Hey, I, so, I, hey Victoria, yeah. I, I have to get this in because I only have a minute and a half left. I have to ask okay. you this. You have a piece up today, and remember, I only got about a little over a minute that okay. my golden retrievers are in trouble now because of the climate change. Could you give <laughs> me, you have wants, a minute to explain that? Because you wrote about CNN, that. CNN wants your dogs to eat bugs because their paw print, their carbon paw print, is too much. They use 19% of all the meat that we, uh, that a human would consume, and then they poop. So they're causing a big drain <laughs> on the Earth's footprint, and they have to go at some point in the future. Right now, you don't have to kill them. But, hey, could you not go with a Mastiff, instead go with a Chihuahua? Yeah. Or, you know, birds are really cool pets, so it's just, it's just more <laughs> well, of the, their... Well, Mike, the man thoughts. who's a, in, inside the control room, the man who calls you every time you come on, he has a St. Bernard. Uh-huh. He, he, he's not going to want to hear about this. <laughs> oh, I love St. Bernard. We have an English Mastiff, so we just oh, okay. love those dogs. Well, I, yeah. I guess okay. I'm going to have to get rid of my dogs now. That's, geez, that's... Yeah, it's over. It's over. I told you not to kill them. But you know what happens. They say, well, you know, not yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Victoria, I'm out of time. Great stuff as usual. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right, that's Victoria Taft of PJMedia.com. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Israelis have begun voting for the fifth time in less than four years in a general election. That once again is expected to be an extremely tight race. Already this morning with the polls open a few hours now, I've had the Prime Minister Yair Lapid, who has cast his own vote and been photographed doing so. He's described this as a choice, he says, between the future and the past. And I think the last part of that referring to Benjamin Netanyahu, who, of course, was Prime Minister for 12 years uh, until last year when he was ousted um, by an ideologically diverse coalition which has been unable to survive. And Mr Netanyahu himself on social media this morning urging his own supporters to get out and vote because this is very likely to be yet another deadlocked election. BBC correspondent Tom Bateman reporting from Jerusalem. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. AM 1250, The Answer. Brandon Tatum, unafraid to tell it like it is. If a woman goes into a bar and she's six months pregnant, will the bartender allow her to drink as much vodka as she can take? The answer is no. The bartender will refuse to sell her alcohol because the bartender knows that it's not just your body and your choice. There's a baby inside of you and you are attempting to murder your own child. Let's talk about it more on the next Officer Tatum Show. The Officer Tatum Show. Later tonight at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Relief factor, pain relief. It's a natural pain relief that works and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love but if the foreign-owned record labels get their way it could stop the music they want congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music don't let radio go silent text local to 52886 and tell congress to protect local radio stations this message furnished by the national association of broadcasters am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer wpgp pittsburgh w223cs pittsburgh a division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app smart speakers tune in iheart or odyssey stuck in traffic we've got the answer Plenty of delays persisting on the Parkway East. Inbound, it's a real slow go from Forest Hills down to past Edgewood's Wisvale. That's an accident off to the shoulder. And inbound, your downtown delays, not too bad. Outbound on the Parkway East, slow going from Boulevard of the Allies up to Edgewood's Wisvale. Inbound on 28. It's a heavy delay, Fox Chapel Road to the Highland Park Bridge. Outbound, also a little busy through that stretch. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
We'll see patchy clouds for tonight with patchy fog late. Expect a nighttime low of 48. That fog will continue into tomorrow morning. Otherwise, expect periods of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 64. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 45. Mostly sunny and mild Thursday. We'll reach a high Thursday of 66. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I've been saying for a while that um, that the smartphone, and I love my smartphone, is, is one of the worst things ever to happen to the human race, and they're really bad for kids. Uh, you probably didn't need a study to tell you that kids spend way too much time looking at screens, but you might be surprised to hear just how much time the average kid does. Uh, Dr. Jean Twangy is a psychology professor at San Diego State University. She's also the, also the author of Generations Me and I, Jen, two books. Uh, she joins us now. Uh, Jean, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So the study was done for the Institute for Family Studies. Uh, you've been studying this issue, problem, whatever you want to call it, uh, for a while. Did anything you found shock you? You know, I think the thing that shocked me the most was how many pretty young kids are on social media, even without having their parents' permission. So you're supposed to be 13 under the law to have a social media account in your own name, and that's what the companies say that uh, they, that's what they have agreed to, and that's what they say. Yet, um, a lot of fifth and sixth graders, most of them, are on social media, and most of them said that their parents were okay with it. And even those who said their parents weren't okay with it and explicitly told them not to be on social media, about 40%, even those who were told, no, you can't do this, were on social media anyway. Now, uh, the, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, that, that's a, an actual law, mm-hmm. right, that says that you, you, you cannot provide your uh, social media platform to anybody under 13? That is exactly correct. However, it's not enforced through any real means. You just either have to check a box or give your birthday, and plenty of 10- and 12-year-olds know how to do that. (laughs) Who did they think was going to – how did they think that was going to (laughs) work? I'm not sure what they were thinking. I mean, can you imagine if, you know, you walk into a store and says, hey, I want to buy a bottle of whiskey. Where's your ID? Oh, just trust me. I'm 21. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, so let's look at the big numbers here. Uh, um, how much time are kids actually spending looking at screens? Not necessarily a smartphone, but I would guess that most of the screens are smartphone screens. Yes, a lot of it's going to be smartphones and tablets. Yeah. And you know, we, we broke it down also by looking at um, what we call family structure. So kids with uh, you know, two parents, they spent about nine hours a day, and those who were living in step families or were single parents, more like 11. Nine hours a day. Yep. And that doesn't count watching television, correct? That's correct. It doesn't. So now some of that, that's an estimate, and it's also probably, they're probably in some cases doing more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. They might be watching, say, videos on, on YouTube and then also be scrolling through social media. So it's not all, you know, completely exact. Um, but, you know, think about this weekends. Some kids spend all day, every day, every weekend day um, on screens. And um, so nine hours, uh, you got to sleep. Uh, kids tend to sleep pretty uh, well. Uh, you know, they tend to sleep eight hours a night. They don't get up at seven in the morning and get on their on their screens. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of non-sleeping time to be doing anything other than looking at some kind of a screen. Yeah, you know, and they're at school, too. However, most schools allow kids access to their phones during the day. So they might be spending some of that time looking at their phone when they're supposed to be paying attention at school. Are they doing that in class, sitting in class and looking at their phone without the teacher knowing it? I know I could have pulled that off. From what I hear from K-12 teachers, that is unfortunately common. So, Jean, we're talking to Jean Twangy. She's a psychology professor at San Diego State. You are in the education business. How I have am. teachers and schools allowed kids to get anywhere near a classroom 
with a smartphone anywhere within anywhere within reach of them? Uh, how does that I mean, happen? <laughs> I mean, it's an excellent question. You know, I think there, there's a there's a number of things going on. So, uh, first of all, a lot of parents are often the ones who push back when schools say, hey, we're not going to allow access to phones during the day. Parents are like, but I want to reach my kid. Well, tough. Uh, then, well, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, and then, but then, you know, there's also some, some people have made the argument, oh, but, you know, this is just how people live now. This is the technology we have now, and we can't stop it. We might as well let kids have access to their phones, <laughs> yeah, and right. then they'll learn. But you know what? 50-year-olds like me cannot learn how to put the phone down because so many of what's on them is designed to be addictive. And then imagine if you're 12 or 10. Well, it's, when I was a kid, it would, it would be like me showing up, uh, uh, sitting at my desk, reading a comic book and saying, well, well yeah, you know, television. so what, right? Yeah. Right. That's how that's how I see it. And it's it, it's really bizarre to me that it's the common practice that kids have access you know, to their phones during the school day. Um, some schools have made the rule that you, you can't have access to it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, is, it is a logistical problem. I mean, we have to be fair. You know, a lot of kids, you know, they take the bus or, or they walk and so they they need to have their phone before school and after school, especially older kids. But, but wait, Gene, I, I mean, I get that. I, I, I get that. I understand that, you know, I'm old and uh, things have changed. But how did kids survive leaving mommy and daddy when they were in the first and second grade and not seeing, talking to, or getting a text from them uh, until they got home from school at four o'clock in the afternoon or three or whatever? How did they survive? I mean, how can anybody <laughs> make the argument that they have to have communication with their parents? Well, I think it's not just communication with the parents. On that, I think, you know, I think we completely agree that that's a great skill for kids to learn is not to, to have to communicate with their parents during the school day to develop that, that independence. But, you know, if you're, say, 16, just got your driver's license, having a smartphone, you know, when you're driving home is very useful. Yeah, okay, that I, I get that, but still, it's if if it means that, you also end up with the with the phone uh, on your person or close to your person during your school day. It's I, I just don't understand why how educators can allow that to happen and not realize that it's it's you. I don't know how you could you can't maybe uh, quantify it or you can't measure how much it affects their um, what they end up with uh, from from their day at school uh, and what they would have ended up with at their day at school if they hadn't had a phone with them. Uh, but it's there. It has to be. And they have done studies on that. And sure enough, people do much better um, on final exams when they do not have access to technology in the classroom. <laughs> and they're shocked by this? Well, there's still, believe it or not, there's still lots of debate about this because there are people who say, well, you know, technology can facilitate learning in the classroom. And that's true if everybody is watching the same video. Right, but if everybody right. has their own individual device and they're scrolling through Instagram, very different picture. Well, can a, can a teenager survive in 2022 without a smartphone? I don't know. I don't know if anybody can survive without a smartphone these days. They, you know, yeah. they... They have the directions on them, and your boarding pass for the airplane is on them, and yeah, your music's yeah. on them. I mean, mm-hmm. we just were very dependent on on our phones. And you know, if we just use them for what they're good for, like those types of things, and then put them away, yeah, and have face to face conversations with people, then we'd all be fine. But that's not the way most people are using them. Well, yeah, I saw that uh, in their study that ninety five percent of thirteen to seventeen year olds have a smartphone. Correct. Now you could still. Um, have that ability to, uh, in an emergency situation, uh, connect with your parents if you had a flip phone that could just make a phone call. And it would fit nicely in your pocket. And if you, you know, missed the bus and you needed a ride home, that would be a nice convenience to have. But, you know, it wouldn't affect you during school because you can't make phone calls to your friends. Um, well, I'm, I, I happen to be the mother of the only 16-year-old in the universe who still has a flip phone. Uh, good for you. My wife has a flip phone and has never sent a text. So, um, wow. uh, it's and it's rare to see though. And Gene, I know, you, and we're talking to Dr. Gene Twangy, psychology professor at San Diego State University. 
and part of a study on uh, kids and social media and screens and all that stuff. Um, it's rare to see a family in a restaurant, and I'm sure you're going to know where I'm going with this, with a really young kid who's not sitting there at the table occupied by some kind of a screen. How can this be good for kids? Well, you know, it's such a tough situation with, you know, parents of, of younger kids that they don't want their kid to be running around and disturbing other people. Yeah. Yet, on the other hand, how is the kid ever going to learn well, how you Gene, this is what I mean. This is, this is what drives me yeah. crazy. Again, I'm old, but... Uh, if when I went to a restaurant with my parents, we didn't do it very often back in those days. But when I did, my dad would say, "Don't run around <laughs> and sit down and quit and eat your dinner." That would be the end of it. I didn't need to be. I didn't need to be wa- playing a, a video game while I was waiting for the you know the the main course to come. I, 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 what happened to just telling a kid to shut up and behave? Well, maybe it's the same thing that happened that the parents are also on their phones, not uh, talking to each absolutely. other at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that, too, and so have you, I'm sure. I've, I've seen often, I see a family, and this is usually not with little, little kids, but if there are teenagers, uh, two teenagers with their two parents, all four of them are looking at their phones as they're sitting at the table in the restaurant. Yeah, and, and you know, that that's the thing, that, that phones, it's not just that communicating on social media and through text has replaced face-to-face social interaction. It's also that the phones come into the few times when we are together face-to-face mm-hmm. and can interfere with that face-to-face interaction. That's one of the biggest challenges. Well, I know of family members who will text each other from inside their house. <laughs> now, one, one is in you know, a room that are separated by you know, upstairs, downstairs, and they text each other rather than call down and ask them. It's sick to me. What what is um what is all this time on social media doing to kids? You know that's the most concerning part. We we have a really really serious teen mental health crisis that began maybe not surprisingly right around the time social media became very popular in that group and that smartphones became common right around 2012. So. Teen depression has doubled over that time. Self-harm behaviors like cutting have quadrupled among 10 to 14-year-old girls. And that's emergency room admissions. This isn't just them saying that they do it. Mm-hmm. It's them actually having to show up at the hospital and be treated for it. So that it's much worse than that then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that, so that's CDC data. And then suicide in this age group has also doubled. So... We have really serious problems um, in in this age group, and there's been a lot of back and forth about what you know what might be causing it. But what else? Just realistically, what else had such a big impact on how teens spend their time outside of school mm-hmm. and the advent of the smartphone and social media? And the answer is nothing. And it, fa- it affects girls more than boys. It does. So links between, say, spending a lot of time on social media and depression are stronger for girls than boys. And in uh, many cases, the uh, deterioration in mental health in the last 10 years has also been more severe for girls than boys. Why is that, do you suppose? Just, uh, is that just a, uh, just a biological difference, uh, brain difference? Well, I mean, the, the, the overall difference might be due to that, but the change in the last 10 years, probably not biological, more that girls spend more time on social media than boys do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I just I say it all the time. Words can't describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did because I can't even imagine on a nice day after school sitting around looking at a screen instead of being out playing ball. But that's you know I'm old. Um, so yeah, and what, what's the effect of um, uh, family structure on how much time a kid spends online? You touched on that a little bit a minute ago. But it's really a, a big difference uh, for kids who have two two parents. Living yeah, with two it's, parents. A difference, it's a difference of two two hours a day, uh, and it, it seems to be. You have some follow up questions on that in the survey, and it seems to be due to um, when you have the two two biological parents around that there's just more family rules around technology use. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're more likely to have family dinners without technology, more likely to have um, stricter rules around when you can and can't um, use the phone. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, Jane, if 
in the course of doing your study, were you able to measure how many parents were aware of everything you're saying here on the radio today about you know the effect of the smartphone on their kids, and how many of them, how much are they aware, if they're aware at all? How much of it are they aware? Yeah, well, we, we surveyed teens rather than the okay. parents. But um, given that, for example, there's a bunch of, of uh, teens who are using social media even when their parents explicitly told them not to, mm-hmm. that suggests to me that there's a lot of kids and teens out there you know, who are on social media, who are using technology, and their parents really don't know just how much they're using it, just how addicted they are to it. And that they may be doing it even when they've said no. So, uh, that's I guess that's what I'm getting at here. If if this were if it's a drug that's causing their daughter to become much more likely to uh, have depression or um, commit suicide or all these other things you just mentioned, the psychological issues they have, they would do everything they could to prevent the the kid from getting anywhere near that drug. Yet they they. Are, they seem to be afraid of the consequences of of, of telling their fourteen year old girl, uh, "You're not doing that anymore. Give me your phone," or, or doing a better job of monitoring exactly what they're doing on their phone. That's the problem. It's extremely difficult to monitor what kids are doing on laptops and tablets and and so on. I mean, look, there's 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 some apps that will help you do that. But there's all kinds of ways that kids have found to hide this. So, you know, there's there's cases of kids who get addicted to social media and then the parents are like, hey, this is not any good. You can't do this anymore. So they will hide social media uh, under a calculator app in their phone because uh, okay. they found out how to do that online. Oh, um, okay. And kids need their laptops to do schoolwork. Right. And, in, and, and you can't put parental controls on a school-issued laptop. So then... You have to hover over them every single second when they're doing their schoolwork. Parents are in a really, really, really tough position here. So um, I think we just what we need is a lot more regulation. Mm-hmm. So let's try to keep let's try to actually follow the law and keep the 12 and 11 and 10 year olds off social media, for example. And maybe for the 13 to 17 year olds, let's have it so, for example, strange adults can't contact them, and maybe they can't. Um, spend too much time on it. Maybe we can make it so minors can't be on social media in the middle of the night mm-hmm. when their parents are sleeping. I mean, it's, it's a really, really challenging time to be a parent because even if you're trying, it's very, very hard to know what your kids are doing and to regulate it. So we need some outside regulation. Yeah, but again, should parents be doing a better job of controlling the use of um, their, their kids' screens uh, when they can? Obviously, there are going to be times when they can't. Absolutely. Yes, when they can. It's just they can't always. That's what makes it so hard. But things like phones should not be in the bedroom overnight is Mm -hmm. a great place to start. Um, That those they have to go on a charger away from the bedrooms um, when everybody is sleeping. And you know, if and try that out. And if you have any suspicion your kid's sneaking down and getting in in the middle of the night, buy a twenty-five dollar lockbox on Amazon and lock it up with a combination. So this is a big problem, um, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last of it that we're going to hear, hear about it. And I'm sure you're going to be still looking into this. Uh, Dr. Gene Twangy, um, where can they find your work? Real quick, i got about 30 seconds. Yeah, so my most recent book is called iGen, and it's about Generation Z and this generation who they are the first generation to spend their entire adolescence in the age of the smartphone. It's had a lot of impacts on their mental health and the way they see the world. Gene, thanks for coming on. Hope to have you on again. Sounds good. That's Dr. Gene Twangy. We'll be right back. The following is an editorial from Salem Media Group, the owner of this radio station. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager of The Answer WPGP here in Pittsburgh with a quick word about Dr. Oz and his effort to become the next senator from Pennsylvania. Each election cycle provides voters with an opportunity to weigh in on the direction of the things in our nation. I'm concerned we're headed in the wrong direction. American families are struggling under decades-high inflation, fuel prices at record highs, crime is surging, and we have a crisis at our southern border. 
We need some accountability in Washington, D.C., and that's part of what Dr. Oz can bring if he's successful. His opponent, John Fetterman, is among the most radical nominees on the ballot in any state this election cycle. Dr. Oz can be part of a new Senate while he votes for a stronger America, a renewal of law and order, and a secure border. I'm supporting Dr. Oz for Senate. Would you join me in doing so as well? Make your plans today and be prepared to vote. Thank you. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Uh, here's some breaking news for you. The uh, Pennsylvania officials cannot count votes from mail-in or absentee ballots that lack accurate handwritten dates on their return envelopes. That was uh, the Supreme Court, the state, the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court ruled unanimously on that today. Uh, and that's uh, obviously a week before they start counting them uh, next Tuesday in the election. Uh, the court directed county boards of elections to, quote, segregate and preserve those ballots. So uh, that's been a, a kind of a point of contention. And I may be wrong about this, but I think this is going to upset Democrats because it's going to make it harder harder to cheat. That's That's a problem. So but that's. Uh, that's your that's your breaking news on that issue, and then I also we didn't get a chance to uh, talk about uh, with um, Victoria Taft in our first um, uh, segment about uh, dogs and uh, the environment, um, and <laughs> I wish I had more time because the story actually says that uh, the uh, pet pets can have big climate impact. And they suggest that instead of having a golden retriever, and I have two of them, I should get a hamster or maybe a turtle. So I could see myself getting up tomorrow at 7.30 in the morning, which I do every day, and taking my turtle for a walk so that the planet can survive. Who are these people, and how do they get on national TV? I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.